podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's here. It's Farmageddon. Some people might want to act like this is some new age rivalry that started because of the internet. But it's not. This game, once it started over a hundred years ago, has not and will never be stopped. This is the longest running uninterrupted game in all of college football. Two land-grant universities where some may say have similar identities, similar cultures. Some try to say that Iowa State was becoming the new K-State. Matt Campbell, the new Bill Snyder. But what people forget, there are levels to this shit. Only one of our football programs have ever tasted sweet victory in becoming Big 12 champions. Only one of these programs have ever won 10 games in a season. And that program has done it quite often. And what some folks wanted to call a fake internet rivalry has blossomed into true hatred. Whether it's passive-aggressive quips here or there by either coach, whether it's the true fire between the two fan bases, the hatred is there, and this is the rivalry of the Big 12. Now Saturday is going to come and it is time to retake our place. To put them back into theirs. This is the game that you circle right when the schedule comes out. Because a win on Saturday is going to last another 52 weeks. Because in this Rivalry. The hatred isn't just one Saturday in the fall. It's not just one week in the fall. This is a 52-week affair. This is Farmageddon. You hate seeing that stupid shade of red. You hate seeing them wear black and act like that's their color. You love to make fun of them and you love to beat them even more. Because friends, this is Farmageddon. This rivalry has stood for a hundred years. It's going to stand for another hundred years. And whether it's through conference realignment, pandemics, one thing will continue. And that is the hatred and the rivalry between these two schools. Corn down. Corn down.
The boys are back. Bosco's boys are back. It's time to talk K-State-Iowa State. Absolutely massive, massive game on Saturday up in Iowa. But before we get started, those fools up in Ames, Iowa, love drinking bush light. I just have to say, woof. And you know the beer of the pod for the Farmageddon review couldn't be anything other than the most delicious, the most refreshing, the most flavorful beer in the state of Kansas. The towny wheat beer. Because we're not trying to drink any of the stupid high fructose corn syrup trash beer we're drinking fresh we're drinking local well we are drinking refreshing the tailgate beer of 2022 the towny wheat beer absolutely delicious absolutely refreshing coming from the brewery of the state of kansas the brewery right there in downtown Manhattan, Manhattan Brewing Company. If you haven't, you need to get a four-pack or two four-packs or three four-packs, however many four-packs you need to get through the game on Saturday, you acquire them because we're drinking Manhattan Brewing Company beer this Saturday, folks. This Saturday. That's what we're drinking. Oh, delicious. Straight out of the can. Oh, that hits the spot. Manhattan Brewing Company is where it's at. All right, we are here to talk K-State, Iowa State. Before we get into Chris Kleiman's pre-game press conference, we got some honors for the boys in purple. Adrian Martinez, second straight week where he gets a Big 12 uh, Player of the Week honor. He gets the Big 12 Newcomer of the Week nod. And he is the Pro Football Focus Quarterback of the Week. He's also the second straight week of the On 3 Transfer Quarterback of the Week. So this guy going back-to-back like he's Drake with Big 12 Player of the Week honors. Going back-to-back like he's Drake with the On 3 Transfer Quarterback of the Year awards. And of the week awards and the pro football focus quarterback of the week we've seen back to back like with drake performances from adrian martinez which now have catapulted him up to the fifth favorite when it comes to heisman voting odds deuce vaughn's 
still in the top 10. I think he's number 10 in the odds right now as well. So you got two of your Wildcats in the top 10. Heisman voting odds on FanDuel right now. So shout out to our guy, Adrian Martinez. But wait, there's more. Khalid Duke taking home Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week honors. And that's not it. This is how you know you had a dominating game disrupting the Texas Tech offense. Khalid Duke gets the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week award. King Felix was nominated for the Lot Trophy Player of the Week award. So here you have two guys rushing the passer, creating havoc, getting different awards. So I think that just tells you how special of a game that was. So congratulations to Adrian Martinez, to Khalid Duke, and to King Felix and Udike Uzama for their weekly awards. All right, let's get into Chris Kleiman's press conference because I, and and folks may disagree, but I, I think going through some of his press conference with some highlights is usually a good way to talk about, to preview, to kind of map quest out of these game preview shows. If you guys disagree, let me know. Probably won't change anything for next year uh, or for this year, but you know, I usually don't commit to next season until the anniversary show, but I'm feeling pretty confident we will have uh, Bosco's boys for next football season as well. So let's get into it. Um, He gave a shout out to K-State's crowd uh, but he said this is now upcoming. The, the upcoming week is the second great road atmosphere that we're going to have. He really hammered home the idea that we have to have great prepara- preparation. We have to have a great Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to get it done on Saturday. And, and I agree with him. You know, I, I think Iowa State is not nearly as good this year as they've been in the past. I think K-State is better than what they've been the last few years. But here's the thing. Uh, This is going to be Iowa State Super Bowl. They're breaking out the black uniforms. Uh, This is a game where Iowa State has their back up against the wall. They're probably going to be missing their starting running back. And it's probably going to be a game-time decision. It's going to be under the lights. We are the program... That they want to be. When they look in the mirror, they want to see K-State. That is who they want to be. So, of course, they're going to play up for it. This is going to be the biggest game on their schedule. You know, it goes K-State and then Iowa for them. You know, this this is a massive game for them. It's going to be a pretty good atmosphere. So, I agree with them. You, you're going to have to have a great week of preparation, a great week of practice, and a great game plan to make sure you get it done. Coach Kleiman also, when asked about Khalid Duke's game, he said that for the Texas Tech game plan, they wanted him closer to the action. They wanted him closer to the line of scrimmage based on what Texas Tech was giving him. He said that that will not necessarily be the case versus Iowa State because it's really going to be what does the offense want to give K-State when it comes to Khalid Duke. I hope we see a similar type of role because I I think that Hunter Deckers is a quarterback that you can get to. 
I think he's also a quarterback you need to rattle and make him feel uncomfortable early on. And I think you're going to do that by disguising Khalid Duke, but keeping him close to the line of scrimmage to add that second elite pass rusher to really go after them. So we're going to have to see what happens on Saturday to and figure out, okay, is that in the game plan or not? I trust Joe Klanderman. I coach or trust Coach Kleiman. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I do hope we see him deployed in a similar manner versus Iowa State. He, he did point out that when you're playing against someone who has a similar type of defense to you, the 3-3 stack, which Iowa State was the first team in the conference to start using that. So credit to Iowa State, and it's now the dominant defense in the Big 12. But he does say you, it, it does you know, change the way you may game plan things on offense and defense because they know exactly what they're looking at. Now, uh, Coach Kleiman wanted to point out that Iowa State's been doing it longer, so they have more wrinkles, and it isn't an exact copy. That This isn't the exact same defense, but similar enough that I do think that if we've been holding back any sort of wrinkles, this is a week to break it out. Because Iowa State has been doing this 3-3 stack for the longest amount of time. So if you're going to get a little creative, if you are going to add a couple little wrinkles on your own defense, and if you are going to break something out on your own offense, this might be a good week to do it. Uh, he, He continued to say that we are going to get the best version of Iowa State. He then hammered home that this is a big game for both programs. He said that their guys will be ready, and it doesn't matter what happened for them in a previous week. And, and I agree with Coach Kleiman, and I think that the reason why this is a big game for Coach Kleiman and some of the players is different from why it is a big game for the fans. It's a big game for the fans because this has become something where on Twitter and in person, the emotions and the back and forth and the the rivalry, the hate is one-on-one with the players, or with the fans, excuse me. And I think it's bled in to the players. I really do think it has bled into the players. But it's important for us for bragging rights because, you know, in this Kansas City area, there's more and more Cyclones showing up every single week. You know, there there are a handful of K-Staters, a handful of the Purple Faithful who live up in Iowa that I know this is a massive game for. And Iowa State fans love to run their mouth. Guess what? So do we. So do we. That is why this has become such a fun and hate-filled rivalry amongst the fans. Both fans love to chop it up. They love to go at it. They love to trash talk. But the reason why this is such a big game for the players for Coach Kleiman, for Matt Dumbass Campbell, you know, looking like a British guy, go to an orthodontist, is because they're fishing in the same waters when it comes to recruiting. They're going after the same group of guys. Last recruiting class, Matt Campbell did pretty damn well head-to-head with K-State. I'm not going to run from that fact. This year, the 2022 recruiting class, Chris Kleiman and this staff has flipped that on its head. We have gotten the better of them. So they're going head-to-head on the recruiting trail. The idea, some folks try to say, oh, we're going to be battling for the same real estate in this new Big 12. I don't think that is accurate at all. 
I think one program has proven that they can get to the heights. There is one program that has has shown that at their best, at their peak, they can be a consistent 10-win program. The other team has never gotten to the peak. The other team has shown that at their absolute peak, at their absolute best, they need a pandemic to get to nine wins, and then the next season they're going to win seven. So I disagree. But the narrative around these two schools is they will be competing for the same real estate in the new Big 12. So that's why it's a big game for them. It isn't an entrenched in-state rivalry. We see it every year with the K-State KU game where you have a ton of kids from Kansas. Now, there are a handful of kids from Iowa. So there is a little bit of that. And then again, you're recruiting some of the same kids from Kansas City. You're recruiting some of the same kids from Nebraska, from Kansas, from Iowa. So there is that crossover. But it's not quite as in, like depth. The, the depth of, isn't, is, of it isn't quite there like it is for the Kansas kids when you're playing KU. But when it comes to the fans, when I and quite frankly, when I think it comes to Coach Kleiman versus Matt Campbell, I, I, I 100% think it is deeper and there's more venom in this rivalry. And the players were, were, were bringing it up. They're saying they see it on Twitter. They see the back and forth. They see the weed emojis. They see the corn emojis. They see the fans going at it. They feed off of it. So I think that this is truly really starting to bleed into and we're starting to see some depth and we're starting to see some history amongst the players you heard Eli Huggins talking about it so I I I think with every year this rivalry becomes even more you know ingrained not just in the fan base which it's been around It, it has been a thing for the better part of a decade amongst the fans I think you're really starting to see it amongst the players and coach Kleiman's straight up talking about it When talking about, you know, Texas Tech having a great rushing defense and Iowa State now having a great rushing defense, but the success Adrian was able to have on the ground, Coach Kleiman said, hey, every week is going to be different. The key for this offense is going to be able to attack what the defense is giving you moving forward. Teams are going to try to take away the running game. They're going to try to take away... Adrian Martinez's legs. So that's where we are going to need the passing game to be efficient and at sometimes explosive. And I'm right there with Coach Kleiman. Um, he made a comment later in the game where he doesn't care about being balanced if you're going to run for, you know, 380 yards, you know, in a game or 350 yards in a game. I agree with him with that. <laughs> if you're going to run for 350, I don't care about passing the ball. But I would imagine you are not going to be able to do that versus Iowa State. So I I do think that there is going to be a lot of emphasis in practice this week about the route tree, about getting open, telling Adrian Martinez to find that open receiver and make plays in the passing game. Because I think that there is a very real chance we see Iowa State sell out to try to stop the run. I think you're going to see some spy action on Adrian Martinez to try to keep him from scrambling, from killing you in the quarterback running game. Coach Kleiman did say that it is a help to have an offensive coordinator who played quarterback, who was super deadly running the ball, and helping Adrian Martinez coach that up. 
calling the plays when you see the numbers in there, especially in the red zone. This is where I'm a little frustrated, a little worried about what happened in the red zone, uh, not punching it in for a touchdown versus Texas Tech. And I'm hoping Coach Klein calls a lot of heavy running ba- or heavy quarterback power, uh, zone read, speed option to the short side. We saw those calls work. And I, I think we really need to embrace that once we get into the red zone. Because this is a game that I think if you let them hang around, uh, I, I, I don't know if we're going to be happy at the end of the game. One of the media members brought up how much better we've been on third down on defense this year. Chris Kleiman made sure to say, hey, that that may may not have anything to do with us actually on third down, but on first down, on second down, and not giving you know up, not giving up, but setting these teams up for a third and one, third and two, all this third and short action, which that was an issue last year. When this defense is rolling, it's because the work they're doing on first and second down. And I don't think there's any defense in college football that that isn't the case for. You know, third down efficiency, third down conversion, all that type of stuff is what gets the headlines. That's that's what the that's what the stat is on ESPN. I talk about it. I'm not guilty, or I, I I'm guilty of it as well. But KSU underscore fan, aka Jimmy, he loves to point out success rate on that on the downs. You know, for any team to be successful, you need to have a success be successful on first and second down, and then do your job on third. So I thought that was really good to point out. When asked about the turnover margin, Chris, uh, Coach Klein, I mean, he he is frank. He is very frank, and, and I like this about him. He said it's been so important for our defense because we're still giving up these big plays. We're still giving up home run type plays. So we need to cause the turnovers to make up for that. So I, I, I appreciate the candor, and I do. I love, love getting the ball. I the, We have a team of ball hawks. we got guys who are going for the strips. we got guys who are going for the interceptions, and I like that. But again... With this aggressive style of defense, this is on the Bosco's boys drinking game. This is on the bingo card. With the level of aggression we play with on defense, we are going to be prone to be to give up those big plays. So I don't know if we're ever going to see a defense in the you know climbing era that will ever be able to not give up the big plays. But we'll see. But and as long as they're still getting the turnovers, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Well. I don't know if I'm fine with it, but I, I like getting the ball. I also like how we're not turning the ball over at all. So credit to uh, you know Coach Klein, to the offensive staff, because the last two games we've had these explosive plays. We've been able to get points uh, while not turning the ball over. Now, just like we talked about, Chris Kleiman did point out we need to be better on first and second down because we've gotten in some of these l- – you know, third and long situations. And we have been a team that is heavily dependent on the big play. We haven't seen a lot of sustained drives. We haven't seen a lot of, you know, oh, a 12 play, 75 yard, six minute touchdown drive. 
we've been a home run hitting team. Uh, so we'll see if that starts to change at all this year. Uh, gave some injury updates. Will Honus, it sounds like Will Honus is out for the year again. We've been we've been talking about that for a while, for a few weeks on this podcast. Don't love that Will Honus is probably out for the year. And it sucks for the kid. It, it, it really does suck. I, he, he's, he's a Kansas kid who has battled injuries his entire career, wanted to end his collegiate career playing for K-State. Doesn't sound like he's going to. Um, so you got that update. It does, on, on the good side of things, it sounds like Eli Huggins and KT Lev are full go for this week. They both were available for media, so it sounds like they're 100% go. Also, I think I referenced it in the Q&A episode. While not asked about it in the press conference, I am of the belief, and I don't think it'll be this Saturday, but I think maybe coming back from the bye week, we will see Andrew Line gang back. Talking about Hunter Deckers, and, and folks may remember, that's a guy we actually recruited. So this is a player that the staff has a lot of familiarity with. Uh, this is only going to be the fifth or sixth game Deckers has uh, played. Coach Clement says he's improving every week. He doesn't lock into wide receivers, and he has a great arm. I, I think he's probably being a little nice to him. He's not going to give bulletin board material. And he recruited the guy. I'm sure he likes the guy. I think there's a real shot this is the worst quarterback we play this year. Now, he does have an arm. He can uncork it. And Xavier Hutchinson is a good wide receiver. But, I mean, if this defense is what we all have have started to think they are, if they are, uh, you know, this mob defense, all this type of stuff that we like to say, I, I think you're going to need to take care of business versus him. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, I'd be very disappointed if, if we saw Hunter Deckers light up the scoreboard. Uh, asked about you know Drake Cheatham and how he uh, ended up at K State, and he's been playing very well. Uh, he said that Reggie Stubblefield and then Delaney Myers, uh, who actually is at Prairie View A and M, who knew Coach Kleiman and Gene Taylor from their time at North Dakota State, those were the two who really said, "Hey, you got to go look at Drake Cheatham." So the Sauce Boss uh, continues to live on. Uh, Football junkie. That, that's what was used to describe Drake Keenum. Him and Kobe Savage. I, I think those two dudes are watching more game film than anyone on the team, and you love to hear it. Final two things. Uh, you know, uh, and again, uh, Chris Kleiman, take this what, what you will. Uh, he, he hammered home that saying that Colin Klein is going to have to have more options on offense, on the card versus Iowa State's defense than we ver- did versus Texas Tech. I I think we've seen Chris Kleiman. I don't know if this is a motivation factor or maybe I'm reading too much into it. Um, which hey, I I it wouldn't be the first time. It won't be the last time I read too much into it. We've seen him really. I feel like kind of speak to Colin Klein in these press conferences. And I, I he, he's not afraid to let us know when he's going to Colin Klein saying, hey, you really need to make sure you're doing this. And, hey, we really need to make sure we're doing that. Again, first time Colin Klein has been the sole offensive coordinator in Colin play, so it, it makes sense. But uh, he, he's sure made reference to it quite a bit. Final thing that I took away from it is uh, he was asked a question about Gavin Forche who played a lot, or at least played, I think, 20 to 25 snaps versus Texas Tech. 
and said he played well. And he said at one point you had Forche, Parrish, Payne, and Uso all on the field at the same time versus Texas Tech. And he said that it's going to be important for these guys uh, and that we're getting them on the field early in the season because there's going to come a time later in this season where they're going to need to take the lion's share of snaps in a play, and he feels confident in them. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Um, we'll see if that's true. We'll see how much these guys continue to play, uh, maybe in games where you're not defending 85 to 90 plays a game. We'll see what happens. Um but I do like getting them out there. And, and all of them have shown flashes. So we'll see what happens moving forward. And, and I do think that towards the end of the season, the amount of rotation is a plus. Even if I get frustrated with it sometimes, I, I think by the end of the season, it is a plus. Before we uh, before I kind of just rant about what this game means to me, stuff I'm going to be looking for, we've teamed up with Charlie Hustle once again to bring the Wildcat fans the freshest game day gear round. Whether you're living it up with your friends in Aggieville, here in Kansas City, or catching a game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, Charlie Hustle has the best K-State gear for you and your squad. Shop online at charliehustle.com or visit their Kansas City store on the Country Club Plaza. They also have shirts available at select retailers throughout Manhattan. Shop Charlie Hustle's K-State Collection today. Even more than the rivalry. Even more than all the stuff I wax poetically about, about how much it means to beat Iowa State, how much I hate Iowa State. We're 2-0 in the Big 12. We are at the top of the Big 12. We are tied with KU, which is still weird to say. Never going to get used to saying that for football. But currently tied with KU at the top of the Big 12. Whew. Guys, you win this game, you are 33% the way through with the Big 12 season. And then you get to go on your bye week first in the conference. Number one in the conference. There's nothing that can happen as long as you win. As long as you win, you will be going into your bye week at worst tied for first in the conference. Number one in the driver's seat to go to Arlington. That has to lead this segment until it's not true. And the great thing about it is when this segment comes back, if we beat Iowa State, when we come back, the absolute worst case scenario is saying we're tied for first in the conference when we come back. When we preview the TCU game versus the Horn Frogs, when I lead off this segment, the worst possible scenario is we are tied for first in the Big 12 as long as we win this game. Again, every conversation we had surrounding this football team this offseason was surrounding the idea of getting back to Arlington. Getting to the Big 12 championship game for the first time since it came back. And folks, you win this one you're right there in the driver's seat. Now, unlike the Texas Tech game, beating Iowa State would not, you know, 
take down another contender for that now. Iowa State not a contender to get to Arlington. They are not a contender to get to Arlington. But if you want to create the path to Arlington, it means taking care of business versus teams like this. You're also grabbing your second road win. If you get your first two road games, that completely flips everything on its head in a year in a year where you have to go on the road five times. You knock those two out, you then are looking at three more home games, three more games on the road. The schedule is then even from here on out, and you already knocked out two road games. And quite frankly, it'll be two of the more hostile environments that you play in. You know, when you go to TCU here in a couple weeks, it's a wine and cheese crowd. When you go to West Virginia towards the end of the year, hell, they might fire Neil Brown by then. Like, that's a tough road trip with the travel and all that type of stuff. But I'm not anticipating West Virginia having the type of season where that's going to be some sort of rabid game. That Baylor game is going to be versus a very good ball club. But you're not intimidated. And it's not loud. And it's not a raucous atmosphere in Waco, Texas. But Iowa State fans, under the lights, with the blackout uniforms, this will be... This is the toughest environment, road environment, that you're going to play in the rest of the season. So if you can tally the two wins on the toughest road atmospheres on your schedule, get to 3-0 and in conference play before that bye week, folks, things are looking good. Things are looking very good. So that's the number one thing. Now, Getting to the rivalry, getting to Farmageddon. Again, this is the best rivalry in the new Big 12. You know, our friends over at the Gambling Gauchos called this, even with the current, you know, Big 12, the the best rivalry. I don't know about that. But this is the most hostile rivalry between fans in the Big 12. You know... It's the game that kind of dictates the next year when you're on Twitter. Again, you start running into, in the Kansas City area, I see more Iowa State fans than I do Missouri fans. There's quite a few Wildcats up in Iowa. So this is the bragging rights game. And it has been for the better part of the last 20 years. Even though we went on a pretty damn good run versus them. And if you win this game, you kind of cement what we've been saying on this podcast for a while. And it's not just me. You know, shout out to Grant, who said it in the season. Shout out to John Kurtz over on the Three Ma Pod. Shout out to Mitch Fortner over on the game. Shout out to a lot of folks who talk about this rivalry. And you win this game, you are cementing the fact that 2020 was the anomaly. Everyone wanted to talk about how, oh, it, it, it's the changing of the guard. Matt Campbell, 
He's the guy in the Big 12. Oh, my God. They got to the Big 12 championship game. Oh, look what they did to K-State. All that type of stuff. You take care of business and all of a sudden they're struggling for six wins. You beat them in front of 55 to 58,000, however many people are going to be in Jack Trice Stadium. You beat them in front of, you know, an 89% full crowd. And you send them home. That makes up for last year. That makes up for last year. They got us last year. I, I, I'm not going to try to minimize. I'm not going to. They, they beat us last year. Good for them. But you win this week, all of a sudden, hey, Chris Kleiman 2-1 and one versus Iowa State when it's not a once-in-a-century pandemic and you're not playing down 25 scholarship players. Playing with less than 50 scholarship players. It really is a reset of the hierarchy. If you take care of this win. And that's what you need to do. Now, when you start looking... So, we, we talked about it from what it means for the Big 12 championship race. The, the hunt for Arlington. Talked about, you know, what it means for the fans. When it means for the coaches, again, it's legacy talk. In the offseason, the CBS coach rankings. We talked about with Shahan. All this love for Matt Campbell. This is Chris Kleiman's time to stamp. To say, no, I'm one of the big dogs in this conference. To start climbing up that hierarchy in the Big 12. To start planting his flag as one of, if not the premier coach in the conference. And then, this is another game that you have to win so you can sell to recruits. Just like that Missouri game as we talked about. Now, one win doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to flip guys or you just have to send them a box score and they're going to commit to you. No, it's not that easy. But it is something in your back pocket. It is something to point to. It is something that goes in your pitch. You lose that game, then you really don't have much of a leg to stand on as coaches recruiting against Iowa State when you're you're trying to talk about, hey, we're the better program when you've lost three out of four. It's tough for us K-State fans to say, no, Chris Kleiman's a better coach. All that gets a lot tougher if you don't win that from the Chris Kleiman part of this. Now, for some of the individual players... Adrian Martinez now has had two back-to-back games. You have to have three to make it a streak. And all of a sudden now, he's being talked about as a Heisman contender. All of a sudden now, back-to-back weeks where he has Big 12 Player of the Week honors. Now all of a sudden... The idea of, oh, he can't finish games. He can't he can't make the plays at the end of the game. That's starting to wear off. Now, you're going into Ames, Iowa as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Can you keep going? Can you keep that consistency, Adrian Martinez? Can you prove that you're worthy of this hype? Can you prove that all the love you got in the offseason from K-State fans and folks in your corner 
It's true, and you've shaken off the Nebraska stench. Deuce Vaughn, hey, we, we know what you have. I, it's almost unfair to say, hey, we just expect you to pick up, you know, 100 to 120 yards. But I, I think that's where we are. Now, he hasn't gotten into pay dirt, but he still has these big plays. He's still getting on SportsCenter, stealing ankles, eating him up like his breakfast. Can you keep it going? I think so. Looking at the defense, all of a sudden you got Khalid Duke. You got Felix Amy DK Uzama getting all sorts of weekly awards and honors. Can you guys follow that up against a quarterback who isn't very mobile? He should be there for the taking. They don't have their starting running back. So can you tee off and again, start to increase your NFL draft stock? Can you follow up that big game? I mean, that's what's on the line for them. And then for the secondary, you're going up against the best wide receiver in the Big 12. Xavier Hutchinson is the best wide receiver in the Big 12. You're not going to shut him down. He's not going to have an overnight. You're not going to Luther burden him. You're not. He's going to get his. But can you make sure he doesn't single-handedly beat you? I mean, I still, when I when I have nightmares, think about that Arkansas State game where we did have an, a wide receiver almost single-handedly beat us. Xavier Hutchinson is capable of doing that. And as much you know, shade and jokes I want to throw at Hunter Deckers, he's a more than capable quarterback to give Xavier a chance to beat you. So is the secondary going to be up for that? You know, if the pass rush lives up to the expectations... The secondary will have a chance to make plays. They're going to have chances to go one-on-one. And they will get beat. They will get beat. But can they be like Echo Boydo, who, yes, got beat, but then what did he do? Turn around and had one of the most consequential plays versus Texas Tech. Getting that fourth down stop and swinging momentum back to K-State for the entire game. Can Julius Brents get another interception and single-handedly swing the game back to us when we need it? Because there will be a moment where we need Julius Brents. We need Echo Boydo. We need Josh Hayes, Kobe Savage, Drake Cheatham, Sincere Mason. We're going to need one of these guys. Omar Daniels. VJ Payne. Josh Parrish. We're going to need someone to step up and make a play and swing momentum back to us, hopefully for the rest of the game. Because there will be one of those plays. There will be one of those moments. So can one of these individual players step up and make that play? And the final thing, it comes down to the coordinators. Joe Klanderman was praised left and right by his players, setting them up to be able to get pressure to get sacks. Two guys getting three sacks apiece. Can he follow that up? Can he follow that up? This is an offense that is not going to strike fear into you. So this is the type of game where if you want to have the mob defense, you want to have that notoriety as a good defensive coordinator, you have to dial something up and really bring it. And Colin Klein, it all worked out, but we had that second quarter. 
We had some of those red zone woes. We had, I think, about five possessions where you got absolutely nothing from. This is not the game to mess around. And and, and granted, I, I, I think there's a I, I think Colin Klein could have a solid game as an offensive coordinator and you're going up against a good enough defense that even if you're a solid if you have a solid game, it may not result in forty points. But don't get discouraged. Dial it in and be able to think on your feet. You're going to have to adjust. You're going to have to adjust in game. And all eyes are going to be on Colin Klein again this week. I mean, that's going to be every week. As here, Here's another one off the bingo card. The offensive coordinator is almost always going to be the most hated coach on the staff. It's always going to be one of the most criticized coaches on the staff. I'm doing it right now. I don't like it either. I definitely could have just moved on, but here I am. So he's going to be feeling the pressure, metaphorically, from the fans and re- in reality from the Iowa State defense. So let's move into the Keys to V, sponsored by Point Bet USA. Folks, if you're listening, do you want a sponsored tailgate from our friends over at Sports Drink? Do you want to have just a blowout tailgate either for the KU game or maybe a game early next season? Well, go to the description of this episode, click that link, get signed up over at PointsBetUSA, follow the link, follow the directions. You're even going to get a free shirt once you show proof of your first $10 bet. I want to throw a big tailgate, and I want to make Sports Drink pay for it. So check them out, and Points Bet USA is the official sportsbook partner of Bosco's Boys. Let's get into it. The keys to be the first one from Jason, who was very prophetic. He was a prophet. Talking about winning on fourth down. His this week is win the duck hunt with Hunter Deckers. He likes the middle of the field. When he throws a duck, you have to hunt the duck. Don't let him get comfortable throwing over the middle. I love that one from Jason. The next one is from the good chef, Andre Napier. Don't fall for it. This is Iowa State Super Bowl. They're going to pull out all the stops, trick plays, and probably try to make it a little chippy. Stay the course and don't fall for it. Another good one, and I could not agree more. And again, with with that one especially... This is a team that likes to get chippy. This is a team that likes to kind of mix it up a little bit. Makes you a little worried. The trick plays. The big plays. Again, with how aggressive this defense is. I'm going to be worried about it. So I, I like the good chefs right there. Mine, I referenced it a little earlier. Contain Xavier Hutchinson. His worst production this year, 83 yards. So you're not going to shut him out of the game. You're not. He gets too many targets and he's too good. You're not going to shut him out of the game. But can you stop him from beating you? Their offense is going to have to play perfectly to beat you if you are not allowing Xavier Hutchinson to be the one to beat you. They're already down, probably. This is why recording some of these on Tuesday is a little iffy. But they're probably going to be down their top running back. Hopefully, They're going to be down their top running back. Not that I root for injury, 
I don't care. I, I want to win no matter what. If they're down there, star running back, that's going to put even more of the burden on Xavier Hutchinson. And then my final one is hit the home run on offense. So I respect Chris Kleiman talking about how we have to be better on first and second down so we can get the third and manageable and keep keep the drives rolling. I respect Deuce Vaughn, who was doing media, talking about how, hey, we need to take the four- and five-yard plays when you get them. But I think Iowa State's defense is legitimately good. So I don't think it's going to be this week that we start sustaining long drives methodically moving the ball down the field. I don't think this is the week that's going to start. So I think we're going to have to hit three or four home runs, whether or not they're big touchdown plays or going, you know, 69 yards to set up a scoring play. Um, We're going to need three or four of those, I think, uh, to get it done in this game. So I I think you got to hit the home runs. As weird as it is, we're a home run hitting offense. So we're going to have to do that. Before we get into our game predictions where I go head-to-head with the Boneheads, remember, we're part of the 1012 Network. 1012 Network is part of the Sports Drink Network. We're one big, happy podcasting family. Check out all the shows over at the 1012network.com. That is T-E-N-1-2-network.com, as well as the flagship show, the 1012 Pod. Last week, neither one of us did well. The Boneheads... Eight and seven. I went nine and six. So I, I had one game up on you guys. I'm stretching out a lead a little bit. I'm five games up, 57 and 18. Boneheads, 52 and 23. College game day is in Lawrence for the first time ever. TCU at Kansas. The Boneheads are not feeling it for our Ad Astra brothers. TCU, 91%. I am also going with TCU. The biggest surprise of the Big 12 season is not KU. It's TCU. TCU is scary. I had that chalked up even on the road as a as a you know a relatively easy win. TCU and Sunny Dykes are rolling right now, so I think the Horn Frogs get it done in Lawrence. A nail biter of a poll. It is the Red River Shootout in Dallas, Texas. Unranked Texas versus unranked Oklahoma. The Boneheads have Texas 51%. I am also going with Texas. Texas Tech goes to T. Boone Pickens Stadium at Oklahoma State. The Boneheads have the top 10 Oklahoma State Cowpokes, 87%. I also have Oklahoma State. I obviously am going to be pulling hard for Texas Tech. Would love to see it. Um, But I, I think Oklahoma State pulls it off. Going to the SEC, Tennessee at the Louisiana State Tigers, LSU, uh, Boneheads have Tennessee 85%. Let's get a little spicy. Go Tigers. I got LSU. Arkansas at Mississippi State. Boneheads have the Hogs, Sam Pittman's, Arkansas, Razorback, 66%. I'm going with Mike Leach and Mississippi State. Utah going to the Rose Bowl. Pasadena, California versus UCLA. There's going to be like 12 fans in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Boneheads have Utah. I'm going to go with UCLA as well. I'm going to give the Boneheads a chance to get back into things. 
BYU versus Notre Dame in Las Vegas. It is the Shamrock Series, but I have a feeling there's going to be quite a few BYU Cougar fans in the building. The Boneheads, big time BYU. 90% with BYU. But I'm going Notre Dame. I'm going Notre Dame. Florida State at NC State. Boneheads have NC State 81%. I am also going with the Wolfpack. North Carolina at Miami. Boneheads have North Carolina 64%. I have the U. In the third big, actually no, the second biggest confidence game of the week. The Boneheads taking Tulane 92% hosting Eastern Carolina. I have the Green Wave as well. Nebraska versus Rutgers in a classic slobber knocker of a Big Ten game. Man, when you think Big Ten, you think Nebraska and Rutgers. The Boneheads have the Cornhuskers 56%. I'm going with Rutgers. I'm not going to pick Nebraska back-to-back weeks, even if they probably are going to win because the Big Ten is soft. Modern day hate. It isn't good old-fashioned hate. Georgia Tech versus Georgia. No, it is modern day hate. Georgia Southern at Georgia State in Atlanta. The Boneheads have Southern 56%. I have State. Our friends, the UTSA Roadrunners, facing the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. This one is in the Alamo Dome. The Boneheads have UTSA 82%. I'm going with UTSA. Meep, meep. East versus West. We have Eastern Michigan at Western Michigan in a MAC showdown. This needs to be played at on a Tuesday in November. This has no business being an early October Saturday game. Uh, But it's on the docket anyways. Both the Boneheads and I have Western Michigan and the finale. The one we've all been waiting for. The one that we circle the day the calendar comes out. Farmageddon. K-State at Iowa State. 6.30 p.m. under the Jack Trice Stadium lights. Iowa State is wearing black, which is not their school color. They have an identity crisis. The Boneheads are very confident, 98%. 98% the Boneheads have K-State. I'm going with K-State. My official score prediction is K-State 27, Iowa State 16. That's what we got, folks. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. You'll hear the Whip Around show If you're listening to this on release day, 7 p.m., we are going live on Spotify Live. So join us and get your your takes out there. We want to hear what you have to say. Check out charliehustle.com for your officially licensed K-State gear. Check out Manhattan Brewing Company for the best beer in the state of Kansas. Get your towny wheat beer for this Farmageddon Saturday. And again... Do you want a big sponsored tailgate? Do you want the Boneheads to have a great time? Well, check out the link in the bio. Get signed up over at PointsBet, the official legal sports book partner of Bosco's Boys. And let's make it happen. Let's have a big old party. We love you guys. Chauncey loves you guys. The state of Kansas all the weed in the world. So much love. Let's beat Iowa State. Let's do it. We love you.
Except for Iowa State fans. We do not love you. We don't. Go Cats, baby. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit. Wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater. From sea to sea, onward forever, hail victory. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Fight, UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors. We will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater. Fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go State! Podcast Network.